Welcome to the Freedom Fridays Project podcast. I'm Pete Clark, your host, The Whispers Guy. It appears that work expands to the time that we give it, and I started to explore how I was investing my time and effort, particularly on Fridays. It's evolved to an explanation and experiment with time, energy, attention and identity, and a mindset shift from I have to to I choose to. So if you're interested in exploring some changes to the way that you invest your time and your energy, if you'd like some tips on the way as you make some changes perhaps to your identity, if you would like the freedom of I choose to, away from I have to, then this is the podcast for you. So welcome to the Freedom Fridays Project podcast. Welcome to this week's episode where I'm humbled, um, grateful, excited and inspired to introduce you to this week's guest. He's a soul buddy of mine that I've probably known for centuries, but in this lifetime only for a few years. And he has in so many ways provoked and made me look into the depths of what I'm doing. Please welcome all the way from Spain, Mr. Colin Hiles. Woo! Great to be here, Pete. Thank you very much. That was a very kind introduction, I must say. Well, it's better than the usual one we get, mate, around, you know, motivation <laughs> will continue until sacking stop. <laughs> That's probably the other way around. <laughs> Indeed. So, look, Colin, thank you for your time. I'm going to start as I always start with these when I'm interviewing a guest. The Freedom Fridays project was born out of me thinking that I could better use my time on a Friday. Uh, then shifted to moving from some of the things I felt I have to, to I choose to. So what's the big change that you've made that's moved you from I have to, to I choose to? <laughs> well, the big change in the context of change, in the context of, let's say, setting and achieving goals. So we've got to make sure that we put a context around it, is it's better to take away the choose to and keep the have to in place. <laughs> okay, right. Here, okay, here we go, right? I should have predicted that the Hausmeister <laughs> would turn it on its head immediately, right? So you've completely ruined my script. <laughs> but um, let, let's go with the flight. So explain a bit more, because I mean, I'm fascinated by that. All right. So. Here's a question that I asked my clients, and this question could be a one-on-one -on -one client or it could be a one-on-group, -on -group. and I'll ask it of you, and, and then I'll give you what the average is. So for the listener there, give us a number or at least think of a number. So the question is, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe you have control? So a 10 would be I'm totally in control, a one would be I have no control sort of over my behavior. So what would you your want me answer? To answer? Um, yeah, what would your answer be, Pete? Look, I'm not going to give myself a seven because that would be right. the, the, the answer. I, I'd probably, I'd go an eight. An eight. Because I know how much I'm influenced by the environment and stuff around me that I'm probably not aware of. Right. And now most people will, will be an eight. So listener, right. you know, you're nodding right now because you're thinking, actually, yeah, I, I was thinking around an eight. And I'm going to say that believing you have that much control over your behavior is probably the biggest reason why you don't get the behavioral change that you go after. 
when you're trying to change. So I'm going to use the example of me wanting to lose weight. So, you know, about two, two and a half stone overweight and uh, I'm yo-yoed up and down. I couldn't get control of it. And so in that context, I was trying to control my behavior, stop eating the foods that I shouldn't be eating and yep. start moving my body a little bit more. Very simple. It's <laughs> not that difficult. And anyone can tell me that. If I was to go to anyone and say, I want to lose weight, what should I do? They go, well, eat a little bit less, move a little bit more, yep. and you're going to be good. Yep. And I could Makes do sense. that for a while, right? I could do it for a while, um, but I couldn't, I, I couldn't keep it up. I couldn't keep going. So going back, if you believe you have that much control, it's probably the biggest reason why you're not controlling your behavior. Wow. My, <laughs> my silence is I'm just processing that because that, that's kind of like a, that's like a double-edged sword. I'm damned <laughs> if I do and damned if I don't. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Well, look, I think it sets us, it causes two big problems. Problem number one is it means that if I don't succeed, it's my fault. It's what I call the it must be me trap. Because okay. where else do I look? I can only look at me. And it means that I don't have something. I don't have discipline. I don't have willpower. I don't have self-control. And as soon as we take on those beliefs, you know, we're going to feel shit pretty quickly. Okay? And then we attempt it again with a belief which is um, I struggle with self-control, I struggle with discipline, I struggle with willpower. So the next attempt probably is doomed to fail. And we tend to jump into the all or nothing approach to things, full on, full off. And what I found out from the all or nothing approach is it very rarely gives us all and almost always gives us nothing. <laughs> you know, <it's> sort of, <laughs> that's the end outcome. So that's the first problem. We could go deeper into that, but that's the first problem is that my failure is my fault. It's something that I don't have. I'm lacking in some way, shape or form. And so we go on a search to try and find answers to that that I'm lacking and how do I get it? Secondly, when we believe that we have that much control, we totally um, forgive the power of environment and how much that's influencing us on a day-to-day -day basis, as you said when I asked you to give your answer. Yeah. Um, and so we stop looking at the environment as a possible problem here. And we look at ourselves as being the problem here. And I'm going to flip it and say, the problem isn't you. The problem is the environment in which you're in. Don't change you, change what surrounds you okay. and you change. And it always has happened that way. If people just start exploring successes from the past, they mm. will find that inadvertently or inadvertently, consciously or unconsciously, they made small changes to the environment. And that's what gave them the, uh, the chance of succeeding yeah. in any change that you're looking to make, any goal that you're looking to achieve. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna pick up on the environment question in a second. I wanna go back to something you said right at the beginning of that, and you know, it's not my fault, mm. which I agree, you know, fault is a loaded word. Um, even if we softened it to say, you know, I haven't or have contributed. I'm interested if then a skeptic or, or someone who hasn't taken responsibility approaches and said, that's great, Colin. It's no longer my fault. It's somebody else's fault. Mm. And maybe not that language, but the mm -hmm. essence of absolving their contribution 
to what's happened. How, how do you how do you answer that? Well, it's true to varying degrees, but yeah. it's not like everything, the total truth. Of course, we all have a part to play. We've all got to take responsibility in order to achieve a goal. And so if you move to the furthest extreme, well, it, obviously it's nothing to do with me, it's to do with my environment, you're probably not gonna achieve your goal anyway, um, <laughs> because you're not gonna take responsibility to then change your environment mm. and do something different. And we can talk about what that means, but to change your environment. So that's not going to work because you're absolved of any responsibility. At the other end of the spectrum is it's all my fault. It's all my fault, which obviously is the problem that most people face in my experience is that yeah. they only look at themselves and they beat themselves up. They berate themselves. They make themselves yeah. feel bad. Yeah. They lower their confidence. They lower their self-esteem. They almost set themselves up to fail because I failed last time. So there's a high probability I'll fail this time. And this was my problem. This was what I was suffering with. This full on, full off, full on, full off, yo-yoing up and down all over the place. Um, and so I guess just like most things, it's not an or, the tyranny of the or, it's the power of the and. Yeah. It is, um, you know, I am not responsible in one sense. The environment I'm in is paying a part. And I am responsible at the other end of making sure then that I begin to make the changes that are necessary to achieve the goal. Because I say, as soon as you set a goal, you're on the wrong side of the environment. You just don't know it. You just okay. don't realize it. Cool. Let, let, let's dive into environment. Let, let me present a, a skeptic's view. Uh, and this is a this is a little bit of a, a view, it, probably erroneously, I've held with some of my mates. Um, I'm a bit of a cyclist. And I've always said to my mates, without even really experiencing it, we're in the middle of the Tour de France right now. Um, and I've done a little bit of cycling, nowhere near any good. But I've said kind of jokingly, if you put me on the back of the peloton, because of the speed the peloton's going, at, I'd just get dragged along. And mm -hmm. I could stay in the peloton. Mm -hmm. So my environment is the peloton. And therefore, mm -hmm. I could go as fast as the peloton. And this is the Peloton bike you're talking about, yes? Yep. No, 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 no. The Peloton is the group of bikes that are kind of following the yellow jersey. It's like oh, right. 60, 70 bikes. It's called the Peloton. Okay. That's where the name Peloton bike comes from. Oh, okay. Did not know that. There you go. Yeah. So they're moving, you know, 40 miles an hour, 50 kilometers an hour. And mm. I can't cycle at that for any period of time. Mm. But I jokingly said, look, if you put me in that environment, you put me in the Peloton, yeah, I could do mm. 50 kilometers an hour. Is mm. that what you're saying about environment? I'm saying we're influenced by the environment without us realizing. And look, I know you've done, mar I've done marathon. This was the first problem that I faced. Everyone said, when you do a marathon, make sure that you get a heart monitor because when you kick off, when you start, everyone's going to run like twice as fast as they should. And you're going to be sucked along yep. and you're not going to realize it because this is normality. Everyone's moving at this pace and you won't get a sense of how fast you're moving. And thank goodness I have a heart monitor because literally, you know, you're a mile, two miles in, I'm looked down and my heart is just like in red. I'm going way too fast. And so you don't realize um, that that's the case, that we're in a bubble. We're all in a bubble and yeah. we don't realize it. So it would be similar. Now, would you be able to keep that, that pace with 
we're talking up here <laughs> with elite athletes. <laughs> I wouldn't put my money on you, B. I wouldn't put my money on you there. I think there'd come yeah, a point yeah. where you would literally uh, just just literally collapse. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you... It's a it's a bit of a cheeky question because I've cycled a little bit in a group. And what I didn't appreciate when I even made that comment was the minute you get more than a wheel's distance, a wheel's distance, right? That away yeah. from the last person, you are yeah. gonski. Right. You can't, you, can't, you can't bring it back. It's really, really hard. So these elite athletes are so strong. Oh, they can sure. kind of go 100 yards back, grab a couple of water bottles, grab some food bags, and make up. It's, it's so incredibly hard. So yeah, yes. I reckon I'd be in the peloton at the start. <laughs> but the minute they moved, I'd be gone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so for, yeah. for the listener then, if, if that's true, that part of our change is influence determined by the environment. Yeah, what, yeah. what tips can you share or what red flags can you share with us that, you know, that's a, that's a no, no, but that's mm. a really good thing to consider on top of the mm. individual responsibility they have to take anyway. Yeah. All right. So environment really breaks down to two main areas, people and places. Yep. All right. So that's really what the environment is, is people, the people that we spend time with and places, the physical places that we inhabit. So let's just say, let's just use my weight loss as an example or fat loss, I should say, as, as an example here. If I'm trying to lose weight, but I'm sat in a donut shop, so I'm surrounded by people eating donuts and probably making some very nice noise. Oh, oh, this is delicious. Oh, has anyone tried this one with the vanilla? Oh, right, I've got those noises and I'm watching them, seeing them eat donuts. And over there is the counter which has all the donuts in it. And I'm sat there going, I'm not gonna eat a donut. I'm not gonna eat a donut. I'm not gonna eat a donut. Now I might say, I'm not gonna eat a donut a hundred times. I might even last a day or two days with willpower, but what's gonna happen eventually? I'm probably gonna eat a bloody donut, right? Because all I can see is donuts. So trying to lose weight sat in a donut shop makes it very, very difficult. Yeah. Because <clears> you're now how, relying on how disciplined you are. No matter how disciplined you are, and even at if some you, point, you probably lose your donut mates. Yeah, well, then you've got, yeah, absolutely. Because your donut mates are going, come on, have a donut, Colin, yeah. for Christ's sake. Come on, just yeah. have a donut. One mouthful, just have one bite. Go and have one bite. Yeah. So, so that would be an example of yeah, both the physical space. You're in a shop that sells donuts with the people place, which is you're around people eating donuts and who enjoy donuts and who will try and influence you to eat a donut. Now, if I hook, hook myself out of there and then go and sit in another place that sells more healthier type um, foods, salads and stuff like that, and I'm around people like that, and I fancy a donut, but I can't see one and I can't see anyone eating them, but I can see something else, then there's more chance that I'll go down that route. And, and that's the power of the environment. So the, when we set a goal, our behavior is often triggered from people and places and so when i say that you're on the wrong side of the environment that's what i mean but most people don't include the environment in their goal setting process they don't take it a step further and say so they go right i've got a goal i've got to get the right mindset i've got to get the right behaviors and they stop there and i'm saying go another level and think about and what about the environment what changes have you got to make in your environment so for instance we put our, when I decided I wanted to lose weight, we put our house on a diet. If you, Pete, come into our house, you wouldn't have found anything in there that would, is, not, is not contributing to my goal. You won't find it. Now, when it's not in there, 
and I fancy something that I know is not good for me, well, it's a pain in the ass now. I've got to jump in the car or, or I've got to walk somewhere to get it. The chances are that yeah. putting that much friction in place would mean that I probably wouldn't do it. I go, oh, Christ, I just have an apple or I yeah. have a banana, right? Yeah. Because there's the apples and there's the bananas. They're on the side there. So just by putting the house on, on the diet, change the size of plates. There's a lot of research that's shown that as you increase the plate size, you eat more, you don't realize. Yeah. And so we went out and bought smaller plates because if you look at the same amount of food on a small plate and a big plate, it looks like you're shortchanged on a big plate and you probably would go and put more food on there. Mm -hmm. Whereas on a small plate, you're looking and thinking, wow, there's a lot of food there mm -hmm. psychologically. So these are just some of the small changes that I made, finding individuals that are already achieving the goals that you want to achieve, spend time with them because they will influence you and they will hold you to account as well. You know, they're, what are you doing eating a donut? I thought you said you were, I thought, you know, and so they won't go, well done, eat the donut. Wasn't it nice? Wasn't it lovely? They'll go, what are you doing? What are you doing? You yeah. said you weren't gonna eat any more donuts. And so this is called cognitive dissonance where you say one thing and you act inconsistent, it creates dissonance. And we love consistency. So there's more chance that I'll do it. These are just some of the small things that I've done. And I will, I can give you more stories of you know, individuals that um, uh, I've worked with as well. Um, I have read, Colin, that there's a, something called activation energy. And I mm. think you just mentioned friction there. Friction, and it's yeah. a very small amount of time. And, and what I've shared with people in the past is, you know, we've all probably had the extra bit of chocolate after dinner as we're watching the TV. Um, mm. Almost everyone goes, take that away from me. Put it on mm. the other side of the room. Because yeah. we know instinctively, oh, yes. the effort of getting up and going yes. to the other side of the room is enough for me to go, nah, I won't have it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. This is called the proximity effect. Uh, right. You know, and you're right. Activation energy is part of that, that, that we're fundamentally, we're quite lazy, really. And yeah. so if we make the behavior that we want to do easy to do, and the behavior we no longer want to do hard to do, i.e. Mm -hmm. we put friction in place, yep. then there's more chance. You know, it's like the difference between um, chalk and oil, right? So chalk is something that grips. So yes. if, I, if, if I put chalk in the way, metaphorically, to, to, to the thing that I don't want to do anymore, and I put oil there, slippery, then there's more chance that I do. And, and that, it's a great example, Pete. Yeah. Move it away from me. Take it away from me. You know, don't, don't, you know, then I think you can get them online. They're kind of like these kitchen locks, like bo mm -hmm. clear boxes that yeah. you can put a timer on and you can, you know, put your, the cookies or the chocolate or your phone. Yeah. And you have this urge to grab your phone or the cookies and the chocolate, but you've set it for 20 minutes. Yeah. And you then press the button and you, it opens in 20 minutes time. Yes. There's a very yes. good chance that 20 minutes later, that urge has, has died down. Yes. And you'll be in a more cognitive place to not reach for the cookie or the phone or something like that. Especially if you eat something like some almonds or something like that. This was one of my tricks that was like, I really fancy something I know I shouldn't eat. I'm a, a sweet tooth. I, you know, I love, I love sweet things, always have. And it's like, right, I really fancy it. So I go, right, my rule was eat, you know, sort of 10 to 15 almonds wait 20 minutes if i still want it i'll eat it i never did i never oh, did right, i never right. ever did once those almonds have gone to work and fundamentally you know they're they're a bit more nutritional packed and they fill you up then i didn't fancy it anymore and it's just amazing that simple little rule 
meant that I just didn't 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 bother eating the things that I really fancied in the first place. It was gone. It was it was yeah, powerful. Simple um, but powerful. Yeah, it's it, and often I find that the simple things done really well mm. and done consistently can be the most powerful. Yeah. But sure. as well as what I've observed is as well as us being, you know, lazy-ish, we're kind of novelty-driven and we kind of go, oh, that's too easy. It must be more complex. Mm. Or it's mm. fresh. It's got a new cover. It's different. It's this particular diet or that particular exercise regime or this, that, and the, and the, kind of the novelty attracts our attention. Yes. Away from what was possibly our original goal, done slower, but probably more sustainable. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I, when I wanted to get down to 12% body fat, I had no end, I had an end goal, but no date on it. That was irrelevant. I just knew okay. I was going to get there. So right. it was more a case of forget by a certain date and focus on the process that's going to get me there. So I just had a picture of what someone looks like at 12% body fat. I went, that's, that's the sort of thing I want. And, and that was it. And so then it was a case of focusing on the process every single day, the small things I need to change with movement and what goes in my mouth. And I knew I was going to get there. I knew that I would arrive at some point. It was irrelevant when, I just knew that I was going to um, arrive. Now, that's not to say that sometimes putting a date on a goal isn't yeah. a very powerful influencing factor. In fact, it's another physical they're called deadlines right when deadlines are extremely powerful to create motivation so procrastination drops out the way motivation comes in because you've got a deadline to achieve yep. so it's not you know it's it's sometimes it's necessary sometimes it isn't what i did was i created small deadlines in the process rather than a deadline on on the end goal if you like that's interesting i've not come across that before colin in terms of not setting an end goal timeline, but having mm. timelines in between. Yes. Well, if you think about certain goals, like if you are single and you're trying to find someone that you would, you know, ultimately like to marry, how can you put a date on that? You know, I want this person by next Friday. <laughs> you know, well, good luck. You're probably setting yourself up for a failure right there. Yeah. You know, you might, it might be the third person that you date. It might be the seventh person you date. I don't know, but I do know if you're in the game and you're in the process, you've got more chance of arriving. Certain goals, like, you know, I want to become an entrepreneur and I want to make my first million, right? Now you can say by a certain date, but the chances are it won't, that won't be that date because there's so many unknowns. There's so many factors that are going to be at play before you're going to get anywhere near that. So it's good to have it as an aspirational, but not necessarily by a certain date. So I think certain goals we can date and put a deadline on there. And certain goals, I think it sets us up for failure. We put, we put unnecessary burdens on ourselves. Right. Um, and you're better off to put the focus on the process, the process that's going to get you there and work on that and you will eventually arrive at some point you know we teach juggling don't we and you know if you focus on the throw let the catch take care of itself get the throw right you're going to catch it right if i get the throw right metaphorically of moving a little bit more and eating a little bit less calories but eating nutritionally i'm going to get the catch which is called 12 percent body fat which is what i uh, achieved yeah and looking good on it too sir might i say <laughs> 
<laughs> Thank you. Well, Tor, for my wife, Tor, it was like, oh, you're too ripped. Don't like you now. So right. I actually had to put a little bit more back on. Bulk up. Uh, yeah, pork up just a little bit, which is a bit weird. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, I'm very happy with where I am. I've I, I, I got so much more control now. Uh, it's become part of who I am, the identity aspect of change, which is so yeah. important. And uh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate the feedback. Um, so Matt, the original intention of this podcast was um, just my exploration of some big changes I was making in my life to mm-hmm. try and inform people, you know, some of the tips, some of the tools, some of the red flags, some of the things that will help. Now, what I'm hearing from you is it's not necessarily I have to, to I choose to. It's a bit of both. Mm, it is. Yeah, it is. I was being and, yeah, and, and we all, you know, the examples that you've shared, we'd all have experience of that. Why do we forget? Why do we forget those blind spots when we are trying to make changes? Any idea? You just said it. You just said it. Blind spots. That we're blind. I think it was Mark Twain that said it's easier to trick a man than it is to show him how he's been tricked. And we're blind to the tricks that are being played on us, you know, daily that are causing us to make certain choices that we don't realize that we're making. We're just mm-hmm. blind to it. You know, you, we're totally blind. So like, I'll give you an example, and maybe you know this. So when you walk into a supermarket globally, pretty much anywhere around the world, you walk into a supermarket, you're gonna be confronted straight away by the fruit and veg, Yep. right? Do you know why, Pete, you're going to be confronted with fruit and veg? Um, I would guess smell, color, touchy you can touch them you can there's mm-hmm. the kind of a, a kind of physical aspect to it yeah and that's what most people say and that's the naivety that we all have <laughs> <laughs> me included till i did the research right um now you've got to understand that any man-made environment comes with an agenda yeah. and what's the agenda of a supermarket uh buy more correct Spend more than you intended to spend. When you come out, that's okay, gotcha, yeah. right. That, that, that's, that's right. That's you yep. pick up an iPhone. What's the agenda of an iPhone? It's another environmental factor. Yep. It's to hold your eyeballs on there a little bit longer, right? Yep. So every man-made environment comes with some kind of agenda. We're blind to the agenda. So the agenda when you walk in the supermarket is to get you to spend more money than you actually planned on spending. Now, the one thing that you didn't say was heavy. All of that stuff is heavy. So what are you likely to go and get? Well, it's called a trolley. Yeah. Right. Now, if they can get a trolley in your hands, they're already one step closer to you putting some things in there that you didn't intend on putting in there because of the friction element, less friction, you're pushing it along rather than carrying the bloody thing. Yeah. And there's more chance that you're you're spent. The other factor is if, if you go with someone else, more often than not, you'll spend more as well. So oh. if you take your children with you. Without question. They, right. They will more often than not. So can I make it child friendly? Well, what's that? We'll give them a little buggy as well, a little trolley that they can push around because then they're going to go, let's go to that place which has the little trolleys, mummy, daddy. Yeah. Uh, all right, then. And then they're going to want something put in their trolley, aren't they? And so all really? of these factors. And by the way, trolley size has doubled since your parents um you, yes they've doubled in size and they found the absolute sweet spot now 
for making sure. So in other words, everything, everything in that their supermarket is well thought through, is yeah. you know, behaviorally scienced, if you like, using a lot yep. of the behavioral sciences and social yep. sciences that are out there yep. to get us to make decisions that we didn't plan on making. Heights of things, what's above, what's eye height, what's below, what's at the end, uh, uh, <clears throat> colors, all those things all affect our decisions outside of our awareness. So we're blind. We are blind to all of this. And it isn't until you dive into some of the research that you sort of go, OMG, this is like, wow. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're using all of this on us. So how do I begin to take advantage of that and use it on me to help me make a better decision? So if you don't want to spend too much money, then don't take a trolley in. You know, of course, sometimes you have to because yeah, yeah, yeah. you're going to buy so much. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you know, you start to apply some of these things now. And all of a sudden, you can find it easier to do the behavior that you want to do yeah. because you're setting your environment up in alignment with the goal, not out of alignment of yeah. the goal. And if it's out of an alignment, then you've got to use willpower and willpower just doesn't work. It's good for short term, for yeah. sure. And we all, we're all, we need to build that muscle, willpower muscle, but to rely on it solely yeah. is to set ourselves up to fail. And then we fall into this, it must be me trap. And then you don't look anywhere else other than your own internal resources. You have nots. I don't have something. I don't have the willpower. I don't have the self-discipline. I really struggle yep. with self-discipline. And what's so funny is that, that if you actually pay attention, you'll find in another area of your life, you have tremendous self-discipline. In another area, you have a lot of willpower. Another area of your life, you have all those resources. Yeah. But you're just looking in one area and you're not looking at the probable cause which is environmental more than anything else. Mm. I'll just share one last story, right? Because the people side is huge. The people side is really enormous. We've all been guilty, have we not? I've been sat around the table, out with friends eating, um, and we've had a meal, and it comes to the desserts. And you've got one or two options here. So let's say that you like me, you like a dessert, right? So this yeah. is Colin Hart. I've, right? seen, like I've seen your Instagram you, you post, see, mate. You do like you, a dessert. I do like a dessert, right? So over comes the menu and your eyes scan down. You go, oh my God, it's got banoffee pie. And I announce it. It's banoffee pie, banoffee. And then one by one, everyone goes, well, I'm not going to have a dessert. Well, I'm not going to have a dessert. I'm not having a dessert. No, not for me tonight. I'm not having a dessert. I'm not having a, I'm not having a dessert. Oh, really? Now the chances of me now having a dessert have just dropped right off because no one else is. And this is conformity, the need to conform. So, oh, really? I'll be disappointed. I go, oh, for Christ's sake, come on. No, I'm not having one. Well, I'm going to sit, oh, I'm not going to sit on my own and have one. Oh, it's like, like sitting on your own and having a drink. I'm not going to have a drink. No one else is having a drink. I'm not going to have a drink. The opposite then, right? Okay, mm. which is I'm not going to have a dessert, everyone. I'm not having one. I'm, I'm, I'm on a little diet at the moment. <laughs> well, I'm having one. Well, I'm having one. Well, I'm having one. We're not, for Christ's sake, Colin, you're so boring. I'm having one. Come on, Colin, have one. We're celebrating. Have one. Oh, right. Then I'll have one. I'll just have one. Right? Yeah. We're being influenced by those that yeah. we spend we're in proximity of and we're spending. So the lesson here is make sure that when you set a goal, that you find out who yep. is achieving that goal and where do they spend time. Um, I was working with a, a young group for a friend, actually, actually over Zoom, and not in the most probably circumstances you and I find ourselves in with a lot of choices and freedom. And I, I said to them, as a principle, you become like the four or five people that you associate with. And mm. they kind of got it a little bit. 
the pushback on me was, yeah, but you don't know where I live and you mm. don't know who I associate with. So, and I, I, I don't understand that because that's not me, but how mm. do you help someone like that that could be in a really challenging situation right now where the mm. people they surround themselves, they've just got no escape? Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean in a horrific, catastrophic, violent way. I mean, just I'm surrounded. This is my street. This is my yeah. tribe. Yes, of course. Uh, and that, that movie, Dangerous Minds with Michelle Fiverr comes to mind there. And if anyone hasn't seen that movie, definitely watch it because it's a true story of how she uh, helps inner city children that are surrounded by poverty, gangs, single parent families and so on and so forth break out through education it's brilliant so the, so it starts with well what do you want what's your goal because if there isn't if there isn't a want for something then it's fine why, why make any changes so it starts there right and then okay great so that's your goal right then who would you say is a good mentor or mentor, mentor around that you know of even through books even through YouTube podcasts, like the sort of thing that you're doing, who, yeah. who, who's, who's the who, and then how much are you listening to them? Because it's so, here's, here's what I find more often than not, right? When you're coaching someone, you go, right, what's your goal? They give you your goal. Great. Okay. So who would you say is a, a good individual to spend a little bit of time with and maybe, maybe get a few answers from and so on. They give you that person's name. Okay. And then when I speak to them next month, whatever, say, well, how much time did you spend speaking with that person? Well, I've had one conversation. How much time you spend speaking with everyone else yeah. that is fundamentally holding you to the old identity? Yeah. Well, like 90%, you know, probably 99%. Right, okay, we've got to change that equation. We've got to change that equation. Do you know what I mean? Because if you don't change that equation, it's going to be very, very hard for you in which to make those changes that you want to make. See, everyone that you meet, they're either an accomplice or an advocate. An accomplice is someone that was part of that old behavior that you is. So, you know, go down the pub with my mates and have a drink. They're all my accomplices. They want me to continue doing that. Yeah. So who's my advocate who's going to say, get down the gym tonight, Colin. I'm going to be down there. Come down with me. So at some point, goal, right? That's the first thing. What do you want? Okay, great. Now, who is already there? What Dan Sullivan calls future people, not past people. But who are your future people? Who's there? Who knows what it's like? You know, when you think of Matrix, Morpheus, Neo, yep. right? Morpheus yep. came around, yep. right? That was his mentor. We all need them. I need them. You need them. We all need mentors. We all need those individuals that understand the new landscape that we're trying to, you know, um, navigate and what it takes to get there and will inspire, will challenge, will... Uh, be good cop, bad cop, we'll do all those things. So that's, I've been in similar situations with individuals that are, you know, in that. It's, like, it's just starting with that. Okay, so what do you want? Well, who do you know that's already there? Yeah. All right, so I don't know anyone. Okay, great. Well, then get online and see if you can find some people because they'll be there that yeah. you can begin to listen to that can become your role models. But I tell you what, if they look hard enough, there's always role models, even in that sort of inner city situation. There's always, there's always role models. They're just not, they've just not got out of that bubble at the moment. And yep. as soon as they get out of that bubble, they find someone that's come from that world, knows that world, but has managed to break free of that world more often than not because they had a mentor, right? 
and they are then then they become that individual that helps them break free of of that world but the the people element is so influential it's, so it's so important that we get that right as you say we are the average of the five people we spend the most time that's been proven in academia that's been proven you know, look as parents when your children are at school you yep. really worry about who they're spending time with don't you yep. do you know what i mean they come yep. home and they use a word they don't normally use yeah and you kind of go hang on a second <laughs> who, 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 who are they with right because you know yeah. that they're going to be influenced by the tribe that they spend time with and if it moves them away from their academic studies we start to worry um, and this is what I find really interesting. And, and this is what I found with me, Peter. I had a double standard. It was just, I just literally been writing about this recently. I had a double standard, right? So what was my double standard? Well, when it came to me trying to lose weight, I focused on my internal resources solely. And then when I didn't achieve it, couldn't figure out why. And I was my beliefs. I've got to look at my limiting, but I must have some limiting beliefs here. Got to yeah. do all that kind of stuff, right? But when it came to helping others, I was basically saying, get help. <laughs> brilliant that i brilliant. could be one of those individuals as a coach right brilliant. um when you think about you, you think about children at school you think about the school they're going to you think about the teachers you think about the area that's all external that's all environment yeah. you don't rely solely on your children's internal resources to make it through school do you Great. does anyone Great. does anyone right so i was living a double standard I one standard for me, but another standard for everyone else. And it was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I'm advocating one thing because I know it damn well works, but I'm not doing that one thing for me. But once again, think about sports coaches. Do they rely solely on the internal resources of no. that? No, of course they don't. They put other things in play externally that helps. And you gave me this, and you're going to be accredited to this in my book. You know, we talk about self-help self-help well that's down to me versus help self <laughs> well, now get the external resources in play to help me do what it is that i want to do and so you're going to be accredited for that in my book because it was a great little distinction thank you sir um we could probably talk for hours and maybe <laughs> we will next time uh my final comment before i give you, you know, kind of five quick round questions is you have been a, and will continue to be a lifetime advocate for all the things that I, I think are possible, not just for me, but for anyone that's listening or watching or reading any of the stuff that we do. So I'm, I'm eternally grateful, sir, to you and your family. And thank you. I think our listeners will find that fascinating. You, you may even get a call back. But <laughs> <laughs> well, let, me, let me finish with um, five quick questions. So it's an either or question. It's not yeah. an and, there's no and in this. You've got to decide. Yeah. When you're making notes, lined paper or blank paper? Blank. Tony Robbins or Deepak Chopra? Tony Robbins. Self-help or help self? <laughs> help self. <laughs> What's a book that's changed your life? Loving What Is by Byron Katie. Oh. And my final question, what's a life that's changed your look? A life that's changed my look? Yes, sir. I don't, what, what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? A life 
Someone that's changed your look on life. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Someone that's changed. Right. God, I've got so many here. Hmm. Anthony DeMello. Cool. Awareness. Awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Colin, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. <laughs> Ditto. Uh, it's always great. Thanks for inviting me on and, and having this chance to share what for me is my passion at the moment, which is just to raise this awareness around. Don't change you, change the environment around you and you will change. Cool. Great message. Thank you, sir. Thank you.